Well, amen, amen to that. Good morning. I didn't realize it was Coronation Day. I should have gotten a princess crown instead of a robe, but I'll take the robe too. It is a pleasure and honor to be speaking this morning on this wonderful day that the Lord has made. This is the last time I will preach as a director of student ministries and mission. That hit me this morning. But before I begin, will you please join me in prayer? Lord, for what we are not, teach us and transform us according to your will. For what we know not, teach us according to your wisdom. And for what we have not, give to us out of your abundance. May our ears and hearts be open to receiving your word as you guide us, Holy Spirit. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So as many of you know, I spent last weekend with 65 others up in Big Bear Weekend. We took a small few of us from WPC and partnered with Monta Vista Presbyterian Church, which isn't too far from us, uh, in Big Bear Lake. So we combined forces, and it wasn't two churches anymore. It was one big happy family. And like I said, 65 of us uh, were all together sledding and getting totally exhausted by the cold. It was 20 degrees the day we left. And I said, thank the Lord, we're leaving. Uh, It was too cold for me. It was an incredible weekend. We went inner tubing. Uh, We had some really good food. We had real frost on the outside of the van that I rented. And... Uh, The worship band was led by high school students and their parents. It was awesome. And we heard from men and women about how to live a life of faith. I was completely blown away by the leaders. It wasn't even the pastor. It was the other leaders' willingness to share about their faith and how their trust in Jesus led them through tough decisions and moments in their lives. And one gentleman, the last speaker of the weekend, shared how he just came back from a year-long deployment in the Middle East. Without getting too graphic in front of the students and adults about what he had seen and experienced, he shared how his faith in Christ gave him peace to face incredibly strenuous and difficult and terrifying moments. He had peace that passed all understanding even when his environment said a very, very different story. As this gentleman shared, I was reminded of my all-time favorite gospel story. So if you could open your Bibles, please, to Mark 4, beginning at verse 35. Or if you have a Bible app, I'm totally open to that as well. And it will also be on the screen for those who are interested. And I will read it aloud. Listen for God's word. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? 
Even the wind and waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here at WPC, we just launched a brand new sermon series about the questions that Jesus asked. More often than not, Jesus responds to people's questions with another question. How confusing. More often than not, Jesus does not give straight answers, but rather invites his inquirers, his listeners, to dig deeper. And this situation is no different. This is a pretty short story. It finds itself in the Gospel of Mark, but it's a powerful story. And if we unpack it, we'll see a little bit of that power. It is a story of transition. Jesus and his disciples are leaving one place and going off to the next. This is not uncommon in Jesus' ministry. Before this story, Jesus was teaching a large crowd, many, many parables, and he was healing the sick, and he decided, let's go to the other side. And here we find ourselves. Mark's gospel, for those who are not familiar, is very fast-paced. Immediately, immediately. That's his favorite word to use, immediately, immediately. But let's slow down a little bit because Mark takes this time to describe the situation with so much intention. He doesn't want us to miss the importance of this story. So the sea that they find themselves is the Sea of Galilee. It's not really a sea. It's more of a lake. But it is interesting that it is the lowest freshwater lake in the world. And because of where it's situated, the Sea of Galilee is subjected to frequent storms. Stormy seas were, and still are, terrifying. Most of the disciples were fishermen. They knew how to fish in such seas or lakes. And they were most likely aware of the dangers of heading out in the Sea of Galilee at night. The sea to the Jewish community often symbolized danger and chaos. It was almost like a monster to them. We see in this symbol of danger... In the very beginning, in Genesis 1, it's the same story. That the waters were described as restless and dark. And only the voice of God can calm the stormy seas and the chaos within. Jesus and his disciples head out towards the other side. And they get caught in a terrible, ferocious storm. The boat is quickly flooded and overtaken by monstrous waves. So imagine with me, close your eyes if you need to, imagine with me, it is a dark night, too dark to even see your fingertips in front of your face. It's too dark, and the waves are swaying the heavy boat back and forth. Other boats are feeling the same. The water is splashing and clinging against the sides of the boats, and the water is spraying these men with seafoam. Chaos is around them, and it's going to devour them. Let's pause. I don't think many of us are fishermen. If you are, I'd love to hear your stories. But I think I can safely bet that most of us have never been in a storm like this one. We've never been caught in a furious squall such as this described by Mark. But I think, and I think, I would put my life savings on this. I think I can safely bet that we have all had a life crisis or a situation that felt just like this. I think all of us at one time have felt like our worries, our cares, our anxieties, or even just the situation alone felt like a raging storm ready to overtake us, 
and it's too dark to see a way out. And where is Jesus? Sleeping. Sleeping on a cushion. Sleeping on a cushion in the very same boat, pun intended, that is being swallowed up by the sea. The disciples see that Jesus is not helping them scoop water out of the boat. He's not screaming, you know, help tie down things. He's not doing anything but sleeping. And they ask with panic in their voices, don't you care that we're drowning? Other, other translations, if you're interested, describe it as don't you care we are perishing, meaning it's an untimely death. When we heard this question, some of you may have said, of course Jesus cares. That's a silly question. And you disregard it. But if we think about it, we ask the same question when we are engulfed by worry or fear. We ask similar questions, though maybe not like that. We ask, don't you care about my family? Don't you care about my marriage? Don't you care about my friend who is experiencing something? Don't you care about my finances? Don't you care that I can't find a job? Don't you care about this diagnosis? Don't you care about this nation? Don't you care about me, Jesus? Don't you care that I follow you, Jesus, even into the midst of chaos? When it's put that way, I don't think it's a silly question anymore. It's a legitimate question about faith. For the disciples, it was easy to assume that Jesus didn't care. He's sleeping. He's sleeping right there. I think we also assume Jesus doesn't care. He's not acting the way I thought he would. He's not calming this storm fast enough. Especially when the storms of life are hitting hard, when the stressful situation seems to have no end, when the bad weather, pun intended as well, is surrounding us, Jesus feels like he's sleeping. Friends, I know in my head and in my heart that Jesus did and does care, but that's not to say that I don't feel that way with you. He did care. He did care that the boat was sinking. He did care that his disciples, his very friends that he calls, were anxious and scared beyond belief. But I think in this moment, Jesus was trying to show his friends something about himself, something tangible he wanted his friends to have and to see. Faith. Jesus asks this question. This is the focus of our sermon series. He asks this question in response. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So faith in this passage can also mean trust or confidence. I don't think Jesus even belittled them for having a lack of faith. I don't even think he seemed angry with them for experiencing fear. He was asking them about their trust. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Maybe even a better way to frame this question of do you still have no faith is does my presence make a difference? Does my presence make a difference? 
Much later in Mark's gospel, towards the end, when the disciples and Mary Magdalene see the resurrected Jesus, their trust in him is complete. It is whole. His presence changed their story. He no longer was dead. He was resurrected. His presence changed the story. And Jesus' presence in the storm changed their story. The storm was still. There was no reason for them to fear the God of all creation who created the heavens and the earth and stilled the chaos. The God who created them was in the same boat and says, I care. When we are sure of Jesus' presence, even if it's the tiniest assurance, even if we have the mustard seed size faith, We can see any storm through. We can trust that he will see us through in the storms of our lives because he cares for us. The takeaway, I think there's a slide for this. Faith is not measured by the times we go boldly into the unknowns of life. There's a frozen reference for you. But deepened by the times we trust that God will see us through the unknowns of life. I'll read it one more time. Faith is not trusted by the times we boldly go into the unknowns of life, but deepened by the times that we trust that God will see us through the hard times, the unknowns. So going back to Jesus' question, do you still have no faith? Jesus mentions great. Actually, Mark mentions great three times. In verse 37, great storm. In verse 39, and in verse 41, a great fear. Great, great, great. Yet there's someone greater. And I think that's where his question was getting. Does my presence make a difference? Because I am much greater than these things. I am much greater. I am someone who cares, and I see the storm, and yet I am big enough to bring you peace through it. Jesus God incarnate was in the same boat. But did that make a difference? Did it matter? Would it make a difference? Make it, take it home. Would it make a difference if you believed even just a little that God was in your life every single day? Not just on Sundays. Not just the Saturday night before Sunday. Would it change our perspective of our lives if we knew that God and trusted that God was with us and cared about the same things we cared about? Cared about the same things that keep us up at night? Cared about the same things we overthink about? Does faith in a powerful, present, caring God make any difference? I think so. But notice... And this is big notice. Notice that just because Jesus was in the same boat doesn't mean the storm didn't happen in the first place. The storm still happened. The squall still overtook their boat. They still became afraid. I don't think fear and faith are opposites. I don't think that is an opposite. They still had to go through it. I don't know why bad things happen. I don't know why situations arise. I'm not a deep theologian. I am not uh, that smart. I don't know why those things happen. But I do know that God, in his mercies, sees us through the storms that are so confusing. So that 
so that our trust and faith in him may build in him. So like the leader I mentioned from the winter camp, there were moments that were absolutely terrifying. He was very honest about that, if not deadly. But he trusted that God was with him and put him there for a reason. And that little ounce of faith he had gave him peace. Gave him peace. Can we imagine what the disciples would have felt if they just had that peace? Even if us, if we had that ounce of faith and it brought us peace. This is not to say we can't pray for a bold faith. This isn't to say that faith can't be courageous and bold and face the storms head on. I'm not saying that at all. But I will say that often faith, even as small and not bold as a mustard seed, can get us through. So I'll leave you with some more questions. And you don't have to answer them. There's no test. Thank you for laughing. So where does our faith lie? Is it in ourselves and our ability to pick ourselves up and dust us off and say, well, glad that's over. Is it our ability to think through the situations and just go, well, this is just going to work out somehow, or I can just manage this in my head. Is our faith in someone we know, in someone that we trust, in someone we respect, and maybe even someone we love, that this person embodies a faith that we only wish we could emulate That this person has enough faith for me, I can get through. Maybe it lies in something completely different. Maybe there's something here else, something else. Maybe there are some here in in our midst, or maybe even outside of our communities, that they'll say, I'll try this Jesus thing, but I'll see if it works. But if he doesn't show up or if he's sleeping, I'm out. That's real. That's honest. But the last question I want to leave us all is, does his presence make any difference? Do you know who's in the boat with you? Do you know who's in the boat with you? Do you realize it's not just some hippie-looking dude with long hair and a beard, but it's the creator of all things who cares about everything you care about, if not more? Would it make a difference in our lives if we actually believed, even just a little, that the same God who created all these things is facing those storms with you. We may not be able to answer these questions even today or tomorrow or even this week or even this year. It's a brand new year. But I hope, I hope, I pray that we can all say to the disciples' question, who is this? That we can say, this is Jesus, the God who cares about me, the one I trust. Let's pray. Gracious God, Your presence is with us even when we don't recognize it. Embolden our faith even just a little to say we trust you even when we don't understand, even when it feels like you're still sleeping. Help our unbelief and help us to step forward in our faith journeys wherever we may be because you're already there with us. Let us continue to praise you, Lord, today and always. We pray this in your name. Amen.